Welcome to the NS North Podcast. My name is Phil Kaskarin, and I'm once again joined by my co-host, Dan Byers. How are you, Dan? I'm really good. How are you, man? I'm really good. For this episode, we are very excited to have speaker Matt Klosterman joining us. How are you, Matt? I'm great. Matt joins us from Frisco, Texas. Matt, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Sure. Um, I consider myself kind of a freelance uh, iOS developer. Um, I work on usually longer-term projects and uh, have a few other people that work with me from time to time that we work together on projects, but um, really focus really on just iOS development for our clients. So that's mostly iPad and, or is it mostly a phone? Um, mostly phone, um, but that the line there is kind of blurring these days with the adaptivity stuff from iOS 8. Um, those experiences are kind of mixing together. Especially with like the iPhone 6 Plus where there's uh, the different size classes that make you do different things. Yes. So how, how long have you been freelancing for? For about four years now. Okay. And what were you what were you doing before that? Uh, I used to be a um, kind of a web developer and a kind of middle tier uh, web services developer. And I started out doing iOS development in 2008, just kind of on the side making apps of my own and realized the economics of that wasn't working out very well for me. So I started focusing more on uh, doing client work. Cool. So, what's your what's your expertise in types in, in terms of the apps itself? Like, uh, do you, do you like more of the utilities or the, just just anything? Like, what what do you what do you tend to focus on for your for the style of apps that you work on? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily utilities. Um, like in terms of what you would think of as a um, you know like a zip file type application or something like that, but. I, definitely more along the lines of productivity or helping people get things done in their life. Um, and that usually revolves around what the, what the company that's building the app uh, or needs the app for um, needs for their customers really to kind of just an app apps that help them support their customers in their line of business. So you would say that those are apps that you, you go in, you do something quickly and you get out, do something else, get organized with your life. Uh, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Can you can you talk about anything that you're working on at the moment, or? Uh... Yeah, at the moment uh, I'm working on the American Airlines uh, Apple Watch app. Um, awesome. Which is a rather exciting project. And if I remember correctly, it was actually featured in the uh, opening keynote back in September or September or October. When was the watch event? I forget. Uh, it was September. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, and, and you were part of those, uh, or was it your app at that point, or uh, was it just the Teams app? Uh, it was myself and a designer that have worked on that app from the beginning. Cool. So, given your uh, your um, penchant for um, utility types app, I'm I'm sure you're very excited about Apple Watch and what it can do because it's all about you know the glances and the long glances, and but it's all about getting in and out very quickly. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, I like figuring out how apps will allow you to bolster your productivity or bolster your life instead of consuming your life. And I think the Apple Watch is kind of naturally suited for that because it's um, a very glanceable screen. You're not going to want to hold your wrist up in front of your face all day. So it, 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 as a developer or for designers, it really makes you 
focus on what's what do you need to convey at this point in time for the user and and then that shapes how you create the product so so what are your thoughts about doing this in terms of um, like you want to, you want to be in and out very quickly so what are your thoughts about how that that can be achieved and how that can be um, Uh, made better, and I'm just going to color this a little bit by saying that um, we, uh, Dan and I, were at NerdLearn uh, this last week and in Toronto, and we were on a panel, uh, and uh, we were discussing the um, the the usability and the potential usability of Apple Watch in terms of uh, I want to get a quick bit of information and I want to get on with my life very quickly, and that was uh, that was potentially the the social stigma of saying well. I'm going to talk to someone, I'm going to look at my watch, and that's some, sometimes the gesture as I'm, I'm late or something, and I need to be somewhere else, uh, So as opposed to taking out your phone and then really ignoring the person. So what are your thoughts about how to make that so that it's about really getting on with what's important in your life, which is when, where you are in the moment, I think, as opposed to just you know uh, getting some push notification or something else? I think as the as app developers and designers, like, It, it, it's an opportunity for us to really, you know, put ourselves in the user's shoes and think about what what do they care about at any point in time um, with whatever the domain of the app is, and to really bring that information to them and do that thought like think through those scenarios as developers and designers and um, anticipate what the user is going to want. Um, Instead of potentially making the user have to dig through screens or giving them a bunch of options to choose from, you don't. I don't think you're going to want to do that. I think you're going to want to really empathize with your users and think through their scenarios and and meet their needs. So really putting the smart into smartwatch. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I, re I really like the the higher level term of like being context aware. You know, you're you're in you're in the moment and your your app and your watch. And understands the the data relating to that, and and that's 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 the the key thing for the watch. It's like context aware. It's it's giving you stuff that you need right now, kind of thing. I think that's uh, that's the way I like to think about it. Definitely. So so you think the the watch is going to be a flop, eh, Matt? I do not think that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying one. So. <laughs> What kind of watch do you want? I want the stainless steel with that that link bracelet. It looks really nice. Ooh, I do have a watch like that, but it's not a smartwatch or an Apple Watch. It's just a watch. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah. What what kind of watch do you think you're going to get, Phil? I think I'm just going to get the basic basic because it's a Gen One and uh, um, it's kind of I, I want to test what it can do and you can test what it can do as well with the big basicest of basics as opposed to a more expensive one and I need to save my money for the next one mind you I'm still on an iPhone 5 right so the, the watch should work and should be an interesting extension to it but I'm probably due to change phones at some point in the future so I need to save up for that too <laughs> cool so what um what do you like to do in terms of like the the broader community for iOS and Matt Uh, Mac, Matt. Um, anything in particular? I wouldn't say anything in particular. I, I've never been a big open source contributor or anything like that. Unfortunately, um, I wish I was, but I'm not. Um, I I really enjoy going to really the iOS conferences like NS North. Um, I went in 2013 to your guys's event and mm -hmm. been to other events as well and. Um, 
I'd, I'd say that's really my my um, preference in terms of involvement just with the constraints I have is just to go to conferences and meet people and uh, learn about ideas that everyone has. Yeah. And we, we actually met at 360 iDev, right? Yeah. Um, yes. How many years ago was that? Yeah, many years ago uh, is when I first met you there. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Well, conferences are certainly worthwhile. Um, so uh, what would you like to do when you're not hacking away? What, what kind of uh, things do, do you do for fun? Um, usually doing something on the computer, making some sort of app or project. Um, and beyond that, I just spend time with my family and uh, I have an interest in photography that comes and goes as uh, time permits. <laughs> photography is also a, a money sink. It's really easy to buy very expensive glass very quickly because you really enjoy the results of it. Yes, very, very much so. I, I know these things. <laughs> and so does my bank account. So what's your current rig? Um, my favorite is uh, I have a Sony A7 that I got a few months back. And uh, I also have a, a bunch of Canon glass. And mm. I have an adapter to use my Canon glass on my uh, Sony A7. And I really like kind of combining the two worlds because I love the Canon lenses, but I'm not a fan of their cameras these days what's your what's your camera body is it uh is it a basic rebel or a 5d or um when i was sh shooting canon i had a canon 6d oh okay and now i have a sony a7 right. and then i've got a, a little one of those metabones adapters that it will take the canon lenses and match it up to the sony uh mirrorless bodies and it really works well with the um the autofocus and the stabilization and everything um, the autofocus works um, for static or slow, I wouldn't even say slow moving subjects, for static subjects. Uh, it's better for manual focus, um, but that's okay. Um, that's, that's kind of one of my things I'm focusing on is getting better at, you know, manual focusing and really thinking through the picture before I take it. and. Uh, it works well because the Sony A7 has the focus peaking. So when you you twist the the focus ring, you can see the focus the area that's in focus kind of highlight in right. red or yellow. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I have the uh, myself. I have the the Panasonic uh, Lumix, which is also a mirrorless camera, mm -hmm. and uh, I really enjoy going going manual on it and uh, just making sure that I can focus on the right thing and actually. Sometimes I don't even I don't even need to do a whole lot of focus. I need to focus and zoom with my feet because I use this uh, twenty millimeter uh, pancake length pancake lens, which is uh, fixed length, mm -hmm. and it's got a it's a one point seven aperture, so it's a fantastic lens for doing close ups or portraits or um, or uh, even indoor shooting uh, without the flash. If you want to do something in an environment where flash is not appropriate, even if there's you would bounce it off the ceiling or something. So I really enjoy being able to do that, but. To, uh, that camera is getting uh, is getting a bit old. Like it records in HD, but it's only 720p. So I'm like, oh, if I want to record in HD, I'll need a bigger camera. But I really like the size, and I'm sure the A7 is a lot of that because it's it, it's since it's mirrorless, it's so small. Yes, it's it's nice and compact, especially compared to the the Canon kind of higher end DSLRs I had used previously. It's uh, it's kind of a breath of breath of fresh air in comparison and how portable it is. 
for me now the problem is really the managing of the photos <laughs> because uh, these raw files they take up less space so you need bigger and bigger ssds and i haven't gotten the heart yet to move it out to an external drive <laughs> yes that is a problem i think all of us have right now yeah yeah what, what are your thoughts on the upcoming photos app for uh that's coming out in 10.10.3 uh, I'm very, very excited about it. Um, in general, I'm very excited about iCloud Photo Library and uh, everything Apple's kind of got going on there. It, it seems like it's very early, um, but it, it seems like it's going to be a great foundation for you know, people like me, at least, where I enjoy photography, but I'm not doing it as a profession. Um, right. And in, in my, like I said, my interest has kind of come and gone over the years, and that's really been partially due to those storage issues and things like that, and just it being too much of a hassle to enjoy the hobby. And I think the direction they're heading is going to help at least me personally with that. You've been, you've also been doing quite a bit of analysis on the photo library support and the frameworks and the support for with mobile in terms of various of uh, these more pro cameras. Uh, would you like to plug anything that you're doing right now for that? Uh, sure. Yeah, I've, I've started a site, kind of a blog called uh, Camvergence, um, which is really, I'd say in general, just an experiment right now. It's um, a way for me to force myself to prolong my interest in photography um, and, and force myself to not let it wane since I enjoy it so much. Um, and yeah, I've been documenting, you know, how well iCloud Photo Library works for me. Like the, it was about October, November last year when iCloud Photo Library went available in beta. I just said, goodbye Lightroom, everything from here on out, I'm going to import into iCloud Photo Library and see how it goes. And uh, Camvergence is a site I created to kind of document um, what I've learned and am learning in that process. And uh, I've kind of expanded into trying out different camera bodies and see how well they work with Wi-Fi or whatever to get the pictures onto, you know, iPhones and iPads and import into iCloud Photo Library that way so that you're never like shuffling your SD cards around or plug it into your computer to to load up stuff or look for you know a bigger ssd to fit everything on like phil said yeah that website's at what uh what's the url for that uh camvergence.com awesome make sure make sure you go to that people <laughs> so we we've spoken about the Apple Watch, and obviously you know a lot more about the Apple Watch that you can that you can tell. But uh, what are your thoughts on uh, if you can cross the Apple Watch with photography? Do you think like we've heard about you know remote shutters for iPhones and iPads because people take pictures with their iPads, which probably makes you shudder a little bit given the gear that you have. But do you have any thoughts on or just? Um, uh, blue skying what you think you can do with the Apple Watch, uh, how it would integrate in your photography, um, um, not business, but, you know, uh, enthusiasm, essentially. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited about that prospect. Uh, they, I think Apple showed at the, um, at the event how you could use it as a remote shutter, like you said. Yeah. Um, I think longer term, it's going to be really interesting Um if you can do the same thing with uh, kind of the, the more dedicated photography gear. Um, you know, most 
manufacturers are making cameras that have built-in Wi-Fi and let yes. you do remote shutter via iOS apps. And I think that gets uh, interesting if they extend that into making watch apps to kind of give you the same functions they're giving you in their phone app today. Um, one of the things I've been kind of researching and writing about on Convergence is how well each of those companies are doing. Um, most of them are not doing a great job so far, but <laughs> surprisingly mm, enough. <laughs> yeah. Eventually I think they'll get better. And I think it would be wise of them to look into how the Apple watch would really add value to, or really any smartwatch could add value to their, um, their products and ease of use of their uh, products by same thing, remote shutter, remote live view, um, remote viewing of the images. Just, I think there's lots of interesting possibilities that we're going to see come out of that over the next few years. Well, we can't wait because we've heard that Apple has announced publicly April for the Apple Watch. And of course, NS North is in April. So we're like, Fingers crossed, we can have some interesting things at NS North, but <laughs> we we don't control any of that. But we know that if you come to NS North, there might be some Apple Watch experts. <laughs> <laughs> might, yeah, no, there will be. There, there will, will be. be, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Matt. What's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Uh, the easiest way is on Twitter. I am if Matt I F. Matt, M-A-T-T, so I-F-M-A-T-T. You could expand that by being if let Matt. So now you're Swift. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Great. Uh, you can learn more about our conference by visiting our website at nsnorth.ca. Also, be sure to check out the latest news section as we frequently post news and announcements there and on our Twitter feed at nsnorth. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time as we will introduce and you can get to know our next great speaker. Dan, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? I'm at underscore Dan Byers on Twitter and you can send me an email anytime at dan at nsnorth.ca. And I am at Philip C on Twitter and you can email me at phil at nsnorth.ca. See you soon. <laughs>